Germany looking good for the final on Sunday. They make it another one here. It's 3 0. It's a rock for the Germans. The game there is. They go this way out, surely. Hello, welcome to the brand new episode of the Fourth Seed Podcast. Today we are going to talk about cricket and so this is the fourth umpire. I am Mayuk and I have Aditya with me from Boston. Today we are going to talk about the recently concluded game between India and Pakistan and just take a stock of what has been happening in the World Cup so far. So uh, welcome back, Addy. It's nice to have you here once again. Um... Did you get a chance to watch a game? Uh, watch this this particular game? Yeah, really long day, right? Like we discussed in the last episode of the podcast as to whether this game would happen or not. And after all the website clicks on weather reports and stuff, finally we had a game. I think that was a victory in itself. I mean, I was surprised that uh, or like about 90 overs actually happened. Um, I mean, I was under the impression that, you know, given the conditions in England, we'll end up with probably close to a 60-70 over game uh, with neither of the in- innings completely uh, finished. But, you know, we got a 50 over of Indian batting. That was awesome. And uh, exactly 40 overs of Pakistan. Uh, all the match was done by 30, by the way, like for the Pakistan yeah. innings. I mean, yeah, I mean, last 10-12 overs were just, we were uh, uh, kind of just cruising along. Um, trying to get them all out, uh, but once uh, they fall, they fell well below the par score, and uh, India managed to get like uh, two or three wickets consecutively. Um, you know, the, the writing was on the wall. But uh, I mean, coming back to the game, uh, is this the most exciting India-Pakistan World Cup encounters you have ever seen? <laughs> definitely not but the but the atmosphere was fantastic so this is one thing i'll definitely agree so the first thing in the morning like waking up at the 5 in the morning is a bit of a task on a cold day but yeah. uh, the moment i switched on to the feed i think the energy was palpable today it might sound cliched but it sounded different to any other game in the tournament yeah, I mean, uh, and and but this was expected, right? I mean, uh, given that the World Cup is happening in England with uh, a, a huge uh, diaspora of uh, Indian and Pakistani supporters, that was, I mean, it would have been surprising if uh, such an atmosphere was not there during the game. Yeah, but the only fear was that the damp weather would actually end up ruining the day. But uh, one thing in favor of England as a uh, tournament host in general is that all teams get support here so it's an entirely the tournament is mostly a, a fully sold out thanks to the fact that there is a lot of expat population in the UK that is the only thing that is going for England as a host the weather surely is not though yeah let's I mean I think we all are hoping that uh, the rains are done for and uh, definitely as we approach the uh, business end of the group stages, the weather stays perfect and we get some close crisp matches uh, like we want to see in a World Cup. So uh, this particular game, uh, India batting first, but what a decision by uh, Sarfraz Ahmed. Uh, winning Sarfraz the toss, Nawaz. 
considering the conditions were overcast but look at the kind of decisions they made they had like played two spinners and decided to bowl first it's i don't know it's inexplicable at some so, at some level it seems brainless to me exactly so i mean i was under the impression so when 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 pakistan won the toss uh it would have been it should have been a decision as simple as uh, the champions trophy where you you know uh give your batsman the first go uh try to put the other team under pressure in the second innings uh in big games that that, that should be the i mean that is usually the strategy everyone follows right uh and if you're not a well performing star studded a massively oiled machine of a team then you have to go for the safer option bat first uh, the exact same mistake that i think saurav ganguly committed in 2003 world cup but despite uh, having a much better team than this current pakistan side absolutely yeah so uh, india batting first uh, uh, shikhar dhawan's absence was not felt that much uh, that's because kl rahul moved up the order and uh, took on the opening role i mean he has he has opened in the past uh, several times right when we were in england he got some quick hundreds in 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 in, in t20 and one day matches at old trafford that too Yes, yes. So, uh, could be a happy hunting ground for him. But nevertheless, he did not show any uh, nervousness of opening in a big game. Uh, absolutely professional, very clinical. I would say uh, slightly unlucky the way he got out because he he was setting up for a hundred really well. But yeah, I think uh, uh, you should uh, have a couple of seconds of discussion for Rahul because I think he'll get drowned out in all this talk about. rohit sharma and uh, the others so virat kohli and rohit sharma will invariably grab the headlines for this game but i think rahul did a fantastic job as you said so yes, it could he... have been very easily a 0 for 1 kind of a situation and this whole game would have looked completely different right so if if you had exactly. lost rahul early in the first few overs so what yeah. they did very well was to wear the uh, initial onslaught by uh, mohammad amir very well so they they actually didn't take him on they played out his overs which was very different to how we approached the uh, champions trophy final for instance like you lost rohit sharma in the very first over to mohammad amir and pakistan is that sort of a side like once you give them a whiff of blood a couple of wickets early on they look very different i think rahul did his job 
yes and and what more uh, can we say than the fact that uh, in a icc tournament big game uh, we were not missing shikhar dhawan and that is a compliment in itself uh, that goes to kl rahul uh, on the other hand uh, rohit sharma played his uh, part really well especially because when uh, sharma and dhawan opens usually dhawan is the one who is the aggressor rohit takes time to start off but this time given that he was sort of a senior partner i mean he was the senior partner as compared to rahul uh he took on the mantle of start of of hitting the boundaries first so uh, i mean i think he played that senior role really well and what a brilliant 100 that was to sublime today like really a sublime knock and uh... in some of the strokes like the, some of the front foot pulls and there is this one particular cut uh, i think which he played of uh, hasan ali so obviously yes. not the, yes. not the best bowler in the world right now the way he's bowling but still i think it's a phenomenal shot like a front foot cut uh, for six is not the easiest stroke to play and uh, and then, and I, and think then... The, I, i think this is the best i have seen rohit sharma bat in a high stakes world cup game yeah and then uh, i think you are referring to the shot that uh, very well resembled sachin tendulkar's uh, cut uh, um, against shoaib akhtar in the 2003 world cup game yeah but do you think those comparisons are justified because i think the quality of bowling is completely different in both these cases i mean yeah it is not justified i think it's just the i mean if india had lost this match we would not have brought this topic up but then again you know just like our podcast people like being nostalgic and uh, that's the only reason why uh, this comparison between and it's also and it's also a thing with the social media era where everything is hailed as the best thing ever right for example you had ben stokes taking that catch in the very first game it was a phenomenal catch uh, like i i agree but was it the best catch ever in the history of the game and so on the way it was touted to be No, no, no. I mean, I mean, uh, when when it was happening live, there was something wrong with Nasir Hussain. I think he was he just got caught in the moment. It was definitely. It may not even end up being the best catch of the tournament. Uh, exactly. We, we have half of the tournament remaining, so who knows? And it was like a, a very the the stakes are not very high for that catch. Let's put it that way. Like the game was done and dusted by them. Exactly. Also. So coming back to Rohit Sharma's innings, my favorite shot was the straight drive that he played. It was basically a. It was not even a shot. He just presented the full face of the bat, and uh, and and off the ball went straight to the boundary. Uh, he 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 pulled really well. A couple of sixes on the mid wicket, but then that straight drive. It was not a drive. It was a punch back. Was my favorite shot of the day. Uh, uh, I mean, he scored one forty, but then uh, Virat Kohli uh, played. Uh, I mean, should I should I even say this? He played like a second fiddle to Rohit Sharma. Uh, uh, I mean, should the should 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 more uh, compliments go to Rohit Sharma or Virat Kohli for this? Oh, but uh, I think you have to commend uh, Virat here, and there is an observation which Sanju Manju made on air that. Uh, Kohli batted like a chameleon. Apparently, like every time his partners changed, he changed gears. So when he was batting with uh, Rohit, he was actually playing the singles game. And the moment Pandya came in, uh, Kohli actually 
raised his game and he uh, then started going for his shots yeah so i mean and, and that that way he's more like a well-oiled machine now yeah and and then it 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 kind of says about his uh, game awareness right uh, i mean b- big game kohli has all the shots in the book to take apart any pakistani bowler on the field but he decides to you know uh, let rohit sharma do the talking uh, he rotates a strike uh, keeps the scoreboard ticking and when once rohit sharma gets out uh, i mean he, the, the 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 run rate never drops right yeah but even then like if there is a slight bit of criticism that i would like to make of the indian innings uh, we are a little i think we bat a little suboptimally i think people might disagree uh, we are a little too conservative in the middle stages sometimes and if the pandya dhoni combo doesn't come off then we end up looking uh, 20 or 30 runs short at times like but, i think to 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 today's the position that we were in at the beginning of the 42nd or the 43rd over a side like england would have gone for 400 today yeah but i, I think i think your analysis stands true absolutely uh, when india is batting first so uh, i believe the reason they have uh, the comfort of doing that is because uh, virat kohli team management and the entire team knows that they have these bowlers that they can bank upon to restrict the scoring uh in some matches it may not come off it certainly looked like it might not come off in uh when pakistan were one down and also during the australia game but uh india batting first taking a conservative approach uh let's say this is a 350 pitch uh they are okay they are saying like let's say you know 290 and 310 uh, maybe that is enough for us uh that way they they conserve wickets and if they are not able to reach that uh, 320 or 350 target they have the bowlers to back them uh, in the second innings uh, however i would like to see uh, uh, india chase a massive total before uh, end of the group stages exactly like if we once we get through to the semis i think india should if we end up winning the toss against england uh, we should go ahead and decide to uh, bowl first actually yeah. in that game Yes, just because, to test ourselves out because the first game that we chased against south africa was a relatively smaller target uh challenging nevertheless because uh, rabada was in full force but um, but i feel yes like you said if we know we are going into the semi finals we have we do not have a lot to lose uh uh definitely give that a go uh, if you win the toss the only fear is like if you come up against I say uh, a blinder of a knock by Josh Butler or someone. Uh, could you have gone much harder and gone for those twenty thirty runs extra? Because at the end of the day, three hundred and thirty for five does doesn't fetch you any extra points, right? Like uh, you could well be three fifty for eight at the end of your fifty inning. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the bigger bigger risk is, uh, uh, I mean. the the spinners i mean kuldeep and chahal not able to contain in the middle overs yeah we'll come to that later but let's let's go to the second innings now before we ramble on on this yeah i mean were you were you very concerned when bhuvi uh, went off the pitch i was very concerned and i was uh, i was pleasantly shocked when i saw uh, vijay shankar getting a wicket on his very first delivery so if you remember in the morning we had tweeted something to the effect as to say that 
the only thing that Pakistan can do in this tournament to actually uh, hamper India's chances is to give Vijay Shankar and Pandya a couple of wickets. And they ended up doing exactly that. Like they they took our tweets too seriously. Yeah, yeah, I, I noticed that. I noticed that. I mean, it was it was it was it was quite a prediction what could happen. Yeah. So, uh, did Vijay Shankar look to you someone uh, as someone who can be like a uh, fourth seamer? I mean, after Hardik Pandey. I mean, because yeah, of his. But um, I look at it this way: Vijay Shankar is more eating into the uh, Kedar Jadhav quota. Probably. So now it is more and more. It looks like Kedar Jadhav has been figured out after the Australia game. So I don't think Kohli can bank on either Kedar Jadav or Hardik Pandya to give him 10 overs on their own. So yeah, I mean, maybe, they, they maybe, need that extra cushion. I mean, maybe test Kedar Jadav out uh, if if we are playing Afghanistan or Sri Lanka. But I mean, to be frank, I wouldn't bowl Kedar Jadav against Bangladesh. <laughs> uh, when the game is tight, because the kind of form uh, Shakib is in right now, uh, he, he might just take him apart. And the wicketkeeper like Mushfikur Rahim again. So uh, they, I mean, I mean, like say, I mean, we, and you have you have uh, said this before in the podcast that uh, Bangladesh are actually the second best team from Asia right now. They are, and I think uh, the recent Indo-Bangladesh encounters have been much closer than India-Pakistan, sadly. It yeah. might break break a lot of Pakistani hearts if we have Pakistani listeners for our podcast, but that, that's the harsh reality of cricket right now. That's and we we also cater to Bangladeshi audience. So Bangladesh, uh, this is the compliment we are giving you. You are the second best side in uh, Asia. Uh, that 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 calls for the podcast links to be shared on Bangla Cricket Forum. Yes, yes. Uh, I think I think we should do that. Let's create an idea. So, on- so yeah, let's getting back to this. So uh, were you at one point like really worried, like at that stage when Fakhar Zaman and the other guy Babar Azam? I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I mean, although I noticed that the scoring rate was not going up, uh, their scoring rate. I mean, the run rate was was well below six for the entire part of their uh, innings together. Uh, so that was some respite for me. But what I was worried about is. Uh, if these two guys somehow continue until the 30th over, then you may have uh, the likes of uh, uh, Shoaib Malik and Mohammad Hafiz using their experience and hitting it out. Uh, thankfully, that did not happen. And all credit goes to Kuldeep Yadav. I mean, he bowled peach of a delivery to Babar Azam. Uh, that was like a test match dismissal, right? That was like a beating a, a test class batsman in defense is something you very rarely see in one-day cricket. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, it was like a, uh, I mean, forget Babar Azam. I mean, if the, if the Pakistani management or even the cricket board watch this delivery, they'll know the kind of spinners uh, or kind of talent you require to succeed at this level. I mean, it was, it was, it was one of the best deliveries of this World Cup for me right now. And it was the only delivery in this entire innings which deserved a wicket, to be really honest. Everything else was like people bowling pies and then getting freebies. Shoaib Malik Malik looks clueless. Uh, Mohamed Afiz was a little unlucky. He actually timed it really well and he timed it straight into the hands of Vijay Shankar who had a lottery of a day 
on yeah, the field today. the only thing that i noticed about mohammad hafiz's innings is that he has a ravindra jadeja kind of mustache going he has a rajput rajputana style yeah the, the, the only problem with that is it was uh, uh, sir jadeja's style of 2015 so <laughs> he's 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 four, he's four years too late to catch up on that and uh, do you realize that all these uh, new gen pakistani cricketers try to emulate a lot of like for example you had this guy called ahmed shahzad who yeah. was basically a virat kohli clone like he, 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 he was he was the poor man virat kohli <laughs> virat kohli and quite obviously so so he used to even mimic mannerisms of kohli but uh, not very effectively with the bat yeah i mean unfortunately uh, i mean I, i think i think he played the 2015 world cup right yeah yeah he used to open and then you also had the great uh, kanya uh, chota kanya who is umar akmal <laughs> okay yeah 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 i mean so, umar, umar akmal was a big uh, hyped up player like in 2015 and at that time i mean i wonder what happened to him U- umar akmal uh, had disciplinary issues let us put it mildly so, umar umar akmal had disciplinary issues yes oh. he has always been having disciplinary issues so in his very first uh, couple of tours in the tour of australia when kamran akmal dropped a few catches it is said that umar akmal actually said that he'll boycott the tour if kamran is dropped so that's <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> so that is pakistan cricket for you so let, let us come back to this game so there was this only one brief period of passage of play when pakistan never had a chance and that chance was mainly due to this hope that there will be rain at some point and duckworth lewis will get them the victory yeah i mean so, it, so, that that i mean that was strange because i mean when you have this kind of a situation going uh uh someone from the dressing room has to convey this to the players right that oh, do not lose a wicket uh stay there i mean i mean maybe that happened i don't know it certainly did not look like uh someone went into the middle and told the batsman that okay this is the par score well, and the captain was yawning for god's sake like <laughs> sarfraz didn't look like he believed that he could win today i think I mean, that the, is the biggest issue yeah. sir uh, the thing is uh i mean surprise ahmed may be a you know decent enough keeper but i seriously uh, you know I, i doubt his batting talents i mean i do not know how is he retaining the place in this side because he just does not contribute enough with the bat in a winning cause uh i mean he does he just does not look like a batsman of uh, international standards to me maybe he is a number 7 or a number 6 at best but he shouldn't be batting at number 5 i mean very honest since uh, number 7 number 8 wicket keepers that era has gone i mean that was the 90s where you, you know you had uh, mark boucher or uh, yen healy uh, who would be you know a very handy bat at number 7 and number 8 but now things have changed um aldo sarfraz does have a few knocks which he has done well like in the last champions trophy he had a couple of knocks and he has a very a uh, quick test match 100 in dubai whatever that is worth for yeah. but he no, does uh, have I mean, a few knocks but i mean yeah, I, 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 said, i have I, i have never seen him uh, you know contribute with the bat in a winning cause in crunch situation so so uh, there was one game that he won for them in the last champions trophy against sri lanka uh, in which it was a almost a gone game and of course like uh, sri lanka helped him by dropping a few catches like thrice he was dropped 
So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think Pakistan, Abhi Pakistan definitely have to look beyond him because, I mean, one or two such knocks in a span of three years is not uh, good enough at this stage. But anyways, uh, uh, Kuldeep gets the breakthrough. Um, Pakistan are completely under pressure. Hardik Pandya comes in and gets wickets of consecutive balls. Uh, the two senior most players... Uh, uh, Hafiz uh, is actually out to, to a bad ball and uh, Shoaib Akhtar kind of cuts into the stump. So, Hardik Pandya ends up getting wicket the way he gets wickets for Mumbai Indians. So, <laughs> which is basically... Yes, yes. So, no no surprises there. Um, after the rain stopped the play briefly. Um when they started, they had to get like 130-odd runs. In Which was farcical. The game was done by then. The, the moment the sixth wicket fell, the, the fourth wicket fell, I think there was nothing left in the game. It was it was way beyond over, actually, Absolutely. by that point. Yeah. I think the, I think the moment they lost both Babar and Fakhar Zaman, uh, the game was gone there. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, overall, um, do you think, uh, I mean, again, I'll come back to this question. Uh, did this game live up to the hype? I mean, I mean, CNN had uh, this game in the sports page. Uh, like, Which is very rare, right? Like, uh, it, it doesn't happen every day that CNN has anything apart from uh, the local sports. Exactly. So, I mean, to me, it did not. Uh, it's just that India and Pakistan were playing against each other after a year or so, uh, maybe year and a half. Um, with all the history associated, uh, it remains the same. Uh, India have won all their World Cup matches against Pakistan. Uh, good record to have. Um, if we, Do you think we are going to meet Pakistan again in this tournament? So that brings me to the semi-finals. Given their really poor net run rate situation, it would be a really brave. Uh, I'd take a really brave man to bet on them right now. So I don't see them in the semis. All right, all right. So, all right, we'll take a short break. Uh, come back with some more talk about this World Cup. So welcome back, guys. So, in the first segment, we actually discussed about today's game and how, as an Indian fan, we were quietly happy and satisfied with our team's clinical performance today. But as kids who have grown up in the 90s, Indo-Pak cricket used to be much more exciting. So, if today's excitement was all about the build-up, there was very little on the field to justify that excitement, right? There was hardly any contest to go by. But it is slightly sad even for an Indian fan to see Pakistan cricket fare this badly. What what do you think about that, Mayuk? Like, wh- what memories do you have of India-Pakistan cricket from the nineties? I mean, from the from the nineties. I mean, uh, let's say. I mean, I would I would I would be more specific and say mid nineties. That's because uh, 96, yeah. 97, uh, the Sahara Cup uh, thing that ha- used to happen in Toronto, uh, the Sharjah games. Uh, those are my first memories of India-Pakistan. Right. I mean, uh, you, uh, like just after the nineteen ninety six quarter final. So. So, I mean, there used to be genuine fear because, uh, I mean, although I wanted India to win, I mean, I knew that the opponent has like extremely, extremely good cricketers. I mean, be it Wasim Akram with the ball or uh, Saeed Anwar with the bat. And also, uh, they're all-rounders like um, uh, uh, Abdul Razak. I mean, they were very, very handy cricketers. And I think, I think, 
everyone in their team uh, at least once have won matches single handedly for their country, for their for pakistan against india so every time we faced them i was genuinely concerned and i was i never gave india like a statistical chance of winning uh, for me i mean that means for me pakistan used to be the favorites uh, from mid 90s to early 2000s and that was when we played a lot of one day cricket against each other we mostly played only one day cricket except for that one 99 test series in india yes. which had the famous chennai test Uh, apart from that i think most of india india pakistan cricket that we have watched in the 90s mid 90s and beyond is only one day cricket yeah so so india india toured pakistan in 2004 but that was um much uh, later that, that was that much later i mean and that was let's say you can you can say that was when indian cricket was kind of going up uh, like on, on towards the upward direction uh you know we were i mean let's say even even fielding quality we had all the rainas in the world to uh, give yeah. give us a boost in the field so uh the the story was changing from the time when india visited pakistan uh in the 2004 but everything who, the, the scars in our mind are from 90s right uh there was no respite for the batsmen you start with wakar and wasim uh and if one of them is injured or not playing you had uh uh mohammad sami yes yes right i mean he was a nippy customer uh you have shoaib akhtar shahid afridi saeed anwar uh, even razak even razak uh, uh, sajid mahmood and you had that other rana navidul hasan and the... and and the spinners saklain saklain mustafa yeah in uh, his final days like saklain was on the vein by 2004 yeah. yeah i mean let's say you know 97 98 i mean he was he was yeah. extremely extremely good at that time definitely i think the the operative word which you actually mentioned was fear right as an indian fan you would fear the pakistan team so we didn't have fear towards south africa for example we didn't fear the australians as much we were in awe of the aussies but we didn't fear the australians at that point in the 90s like at least till the uh, steve war era we used we never used to fear the australian team one team which we used to fear was this pakistan side and as you said this was a team of mavericks like uh, pakistan today in this world cup and in the champions trophy and in the months leading up now is there is this cliched word mercurial which goes with the pakistan side right so like every other game whenever they end up winning you use the word mercurial but what you look what what these analysts fail to look at is that pakistan are really consistent they're really consistent at losing these days so they have this one odd game where they end up winning and they still continue to play that kind of high risk game that they have always played but the problem now is that they do not have the skills to pull it off uh, how many of the current 11 pakistan 11 would actually make it to a say a world 11 right now none of them none of them right but uh, in comparison if you look at say let us begin from the 96 team the 96 team had as you said wasim wasn't playing that quarter final but apart from that even then you had a decent enough wicket keeper you either had rashid latif or moin khan both of whom used to pull off games like i remember a few games where even in the 99 world cup where moin khan used to win them games uh, yeah, I mean, wasim I mean, was more than capable with the bat yeah 
I mean, at, at, in their peak, I mean, uh, Rashid Latif and Mohin Khan were better than Boucher and Ian Healy in terms of batting contributions in one-day cricket. Exactly. Uh, and, the, and the top order used to bat uh, at a rapid pace at times. Like, Anwar and Sohail were quite a attacking combination, especially in Asia. Then you had Ijaz Ahmed, who in, in the subcontinent was Bradman. Uh, on pata tracks i <laughs> yeah. remember him thrashing venkatesh prasad and company multiple times then then you had this afridi and co but all of them individually were mavericks but they had this element of quality so when people talk of pakistan being unpredictable pakistan being mercurial uh, it's all some sort of a nostalgia driven perception I don't think the current Pakistani side has enough ability to pull off this kind of high-risk games. But then, I mean, you you look at someone like Fakhar Zaman or Babar Azam, and even before that, we were talking about Umar Akmal. I mean, they come in as supremely talented guys, right? It's just that they are not able to take this step ahead where, you know, one more step into... Uh, into this situation where they can single-handedly win games or at least, you know, uh, not throw games away. Because, I mean, the kind of shot that Fakhar Zaman played today to get out to Kuldeep Yadav, I mean, he, he absolutely not required. I mean, he was getting, he was, he made a very handy 62. He started off well. Uh, I mean, the maturity is not there. I think one word would be maturity, right? I mean, you can be someone who is a little bit less talented than their predecessors, but then you have to show that kind of maturity and training to, you know, take that game forward. But one reason I have for this is uh, probably the lack of structure in cricket in Pakistan. So I think I, uh, there is, you have to go a little farther back. So in the 90s, cricket was not as organized and as professional a sport as it is now. So, if Pakistan were very disorganized uh, and they didn't have a structure in place, so did the other side. So, India didn't have a much better structure in place. So, they could get away beating India because we weren't much better, right? And Pakistan has always glorified this idea of pulling out some random raw talent from the streets, which is how it uh, it is said that Imran used to just grab some local talent from... Uh, tennis ball matches and so on. So that is how he got Wakar Yunus and Inzama Mullak, it seems. So while it worked in the 90s, uh, because cricket largely was not the sport that it is today. So it is like a professional behemoth, right? It's like any other professional sport these days. So now you cannot just get away with having raw talent, but without the honing of skills that... Uh, an academy does or a grassroots yeah i mean uh, i mean the best example that uh, that india can share is rohit sharma because from 2007 to 2013 i mean he was just classified as talented talented and talented right but then it was the system and the structure and the management that i would say helped him to take that step forward that one more extra step that is required from going from talented to actually useful. And from 2013, Rohit Sharma has become like a beast of a one-day player. Also coincides with the IPL. Yes, uh, Pakistan missing out on the IPL is, I would say, a major reason why, uh, you know, some of their talented or stars are not able to... And and despite that, you you look at the general vibe around that team, right? You have... All these uh, former cricketers with their own shows, they just lampoon their side. Today, you had Imran Khan tweeting 
to the captain of the Pakistan team about what he should be doing if he wins the toss. That this is like first thing in the morning. Uh, Imran tweets saying that you should play specialists and not play some some term Punjabi term called Relu Katta or something like that. I don't know what it means, but this is what he the prime minister of the country tweets. I, and I, he I, says, I, guess, I, I guess he was referring to Shoaib Malik. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so and and beyond that, he also says. Uh, Pakistan should bat first if they win the toss. So this is what he says. So this is how ridiculous it is, right? So if you have a professional cricket setup, no matter who your prime minister is, you shouldn't be taking diktats from your prime minister. That too, not on social media. And then, and then, uh, I think a prime minister of the country has to do has. I think definitely has better things to do than tweeting to the captain about what uh, he should do after winning or winning a toss. Uh, exactly, exactly, and and all this just goes. Uh, so Pakistan cricket has always been running on raw emotion more than logic, uh, which all of us would agree, right? The yes. ball wouldn't swing till the fortieth over. The other opposition would require twenty five or thirty to win in the last ten overs, and then you have like. A Wasim Bakar spell and they win by 15 runs. There's absolutely no logic beyond uh, river swing being the reason through yes. open bottle corks and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh... And then you also have a lot of seniors, right? You have, you still have Mizbah or Inzamam or Yunis Khan, uh, Wasim Akram, Wakar Yunis himself. I mean, it seems to me like, you know, those guys are caught up in their individual egos of their times. So if this one particular person is a selector, uh, maybe others are, you know, uh, passing out opinions against them. I'm not sure how often they share their... I don't know if they are even called upon to train the youngsters, right? Because, I mean, imagine, let's say you are you have you have been a superstar in the country and now your board does not really care about you. Who in their right mind would actually go and share their thoughts or experience? So, uh, their seniors have often been accused of, you know, not handing down uh, words of wisdom. But on the other hand, there has to be a system in place where seniors and past cricketers can come down and help them. I don't think that exists. And exactly. And you cannot have like all these senior cricketers going on air and blasting their side. And there are other ways of doing it, right? So if the uh, the, the reason I referred to the Prime Minister was there are other ways the Prime Minister could have contacted Sarfaraz. So it's not like Imran Khan would not have access to Sarfaraz Ahmed's phone <laughs> or uh, anything like that. Why should you be giving dictates to the pri- to the captain of the si- side on social media of all things? So this is what every Pakistani senior cricketer does, most of them, like barring a few like uh, Wasim Akram who conducts himself very well. But that's the major difference. Like how Pakistan cricket transitioned from a reasonably good uh, bunch from the 90s and early 2000s till now. Uh, they lacked the uh, the statesman-like figures like uh, a Ganguly or then subsequently a Rahul Dravid and an Anil Kumble who yeah, handled this I mean, so, and, so in India, you have the system in place where Rahul Dravid can actually go pick up a position he wants and train the youngsters as the coach of the India A team. And he has been doing a phenomenal job, right? So you have Prithvi Shaw who graduated into the test team. You had Mayang Agarwal who graduated in the, into the test team, uh, Hanuma Vihari. Now you have uh, Shubman Gill and uh, Gaikwad. I mean, they are playing amazing for India mm-hmm. A right now. So, And these are the people who will be coming in. 
the reason it is possible and, this, and the reason it is possible for Rahul Dravid to do this is because there is a system in place which Pakistan clearly lacks. And uh, and and of course, the system wouldn't get overridden by a, a, a president of the country or a army general just calling up the Pakistan cricket board and saying, "Arey kal mere ko ye admi captain chahiye." Matlab, this is not how systems are supposed to work. Yes, yes. I mean, and and in this very cutthroat professional day and age, I don't think that sort of emotion-driven sport will work. Uh, always, like you can have that odd Champions Trophy win, but how long can you go and survive on that? That's that that's absolutely correct. And um, what I'm going to do tonight, I mean, uh, it's it's sad for Pakistani cricket, but uh, a thing that is entertaining for me is going to YouTube and watching the analysis done by their former cricketers. So although I just said that you know they shouldn't be doing it, but I'm, I'm, it I'm makes going, for good TV. It makes for great uh, YouTube entertainment. I'm going to watch Shoaib Akhtar, Rashid Latif, Basit Ali for some reason, <laughs> and they have some great shows, which is by great in I mean entertainment. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. See how they rip out, rip into their team. But uh, we'll take a short break uh, and come back with some uh, analysis of this particular World Cup. Uh, we'll look forward to some of the games that are going to happen soon. Any final words before we end this segment, Addy? So, like every Avengers superhero requires a good supervillain. So, Indian fans also uh, lament the fact that one of our bigger rivalries is no more a rivalry. I mean, we certainly do. I think right now we are mostly focused on India, England, and India, Australia. Uh, I mean, gone are gone are the days where you know uh, India Pakistan was the only Asian uh, rivalry that, or let's say, the only rivalry that mattered to India. Now it it's not the case. Uh, and and it's only a TV event kind of a rivalry. Yeah, uh, numbers for televisions. That's it. Yes. Welcome back, guys. So after this long discussion about today's India-Pakistan game and India-Pakistan cricket in general, uh, we want to bring our focus back to the ongoing World Cup. Uh, it's kind of the we are going to the business end of the tournament or the knockout stages. Uh, it's we we all have our predictions for top four, but it looks like we sort of know the teams that do not have a chance to get in right now. Uh, for example, Afghanistan and Sri Lanka are definitely out. Um, may not be mathematically, but I but I but I think uh, it is impossible for them to make uh, the top four right now. Having said that, um, I feel India, England, and Australia are uh, definite favorites for three of those four semi-final spots. The remaining one is being contested by uh, New Zealand. Are the New Zealand are the heavy favorites for that fourth spot? Addy, what do you think are are the chances for West Indies, Pakistan, and South Africa? So New Zealand, as you rightly said, right now seem the best placed. But one thing we must bear in mind is, but New Zealand are yet to play the big sides. So unlike Pakistan and South Africa, who have already faced the big sides, New Zealand are yet to face Pakistan. They haven't faced Australia. They haven't faced England. And of course, they haven't faced uh, South Africa. So they have four big games out of the remaining five. So 
it's still a big ask so they have to show that they can win the big games but they still seem the most balanced side of the lot so they are the front runners but uh, west indies south africa and pakistan are the other bunch right yes. so west indies showed a lot of promise to begin with and i still believe as i said in my last podcast they st- they have the most quality and the most spark among the lot but the their problem is i i don't know how long they can continue taping uh, andre russell and bringing him bringing him on the field like so he's taped does, does, all does, over his body does 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 uh, west indies miss uh, someone like a chandrapal uh, in in the middle uh, i mean they have some very fluent players and big hitters but someone can someone who can you know glue the innings together uh keep a cool head uh do you think someone like that is missing from their uh, first 11 actually shay hope is that kind of a player but uh, he hasn't had the best of tournaments this time but uh, weston is definitely lack someone who can uh, push it around for singles because their entire the problem in their uh, tournament so far has been the fact that they are sort of an all or nothing kind of a team so they either go for the big hits or they play dot balls so they definitely miss a chandrapol there or even a jimmy adams so uh, if i were to put you in a spot uh let's say i'm keeping new zealand aside for now uh let's say between uh south uh, b- between uh, west indies and pakistan whom do you uh who do you give a better chance of making it to the top 4 i think west indies clearly ahead uh compared to pakistan but we are missing out bangladesh in this conversation i think the best place team according to me uh among this lot and the most balanced in terms of consistency is bangladesh they haven't had a rank bad performance yet yeah, in, so, in fact they bangladesh actually missed out on a couple of close games right yeah uh, they should have beaten they could have beaten new zealand very easily and even in that game against england where england scored uh, 380 or something bangladesh didn't just roll over they scored almost uh, 280 or something uh, shakib had a big 100 so the bangladesh are in with a shout i mean and that and that could be like an ominous sign for new zealand because uh, they haven't played uh, i mean probably I, th- i think bangladesh are the only uh, strong team i mean real, like statistically on paper strong team that they have played in this world cup so far and they were run close by uh, bangladesh run so, really close yeah two wicket victory yeah exactly so the, the, it could be uh, signs of things to come but for bangladesh uh, versus india will be a very big game for them yes and uh, now that the uh, india versus pakistan thing is done now we can focus on the rivalry of the yeah, the actual rivalry i mean the rivalry which actually matters for india within asia right now yes and it of course it turned out to be the asia cup final also last year so yeah yeah surprising right surprising uh, i mean in context of what we have been seeing growing up so not 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 in terms of pakistan being a strong side and bangladesh uh, beating them i mean yeah bangladesh we, lack in bowling though but they still have a very good batting lineup i think they have a su- supremely talented batting lineup i mean shakib alhasan right now features in among the top 5 run getters in this tournament yes uh, shakib is also the one of the best all-rounders going around so they have uh, shomu sarkar is a quite a dashing opener of sorts then they have mm-hmm. litton das and 
Mohammad Mithun lower down the order and Mushfiqur Rahim always turns out against India so he he puts in his good performances generally against India so and again, I, have... again, I mean it it kind it kind of shows you know that when you give uh, the newcomers or uh, associate teams chance to play against big teams on a consistent basis uh, you know things can change although it took time for bangladesh they are not a great test side right now but i mean they are like they are like a good uh, limited oversight very good limited oversight and even in test cricket they have started showing results these days so last couple of years at home they are quite difficult to beat so they have beaten england and australia at home and so at, at home exactly exactly i mean it, they are probably at the stage where where indian cricket was there in the 90s right well exactly we, we have spoken about this in our previous fourth empire episode and, and they have the most passionate fans in asia outside of india i think yes. they their fans bring a lot of color to the stadium so that apart i think bangladesh have a chance so they they might have an outside chance of upsetting even australia this week if australia have a bad day if if they have a bad day but then but then we saw a phenomenal 100 by aaron finch and a big 100 153 uh david warner has got a 100 uh it looks like you know they car i mean uh, uh, steve smith has not really failed uh, in any of the innings he has played so far so it looks like you know uh, they are kind of putting things together Uh, they, have... they have also been lukewarm in some sense. So they have pulled through most games, but all three games that have they have pulled through have surprisingly not been because Australia have been impregnable. It has been because the opposition doesn't seem to know how to win. For example, West Indies botched up the run chase. Uh, same goes for Pakistan the other day when Wahab Riaz was firing, and they should have chased it down. Uh, Sarfraz didn't keep his head, and so uh, Sri Lanka yesterday again had a phenomenally good start, and they couldn't capitalize. So Australia have shown weaknesses in some sense. Yeah, but and then and to me those are ominous signs because it says uh, Australia have not peaked uh, this tournament yet. Uh, yes. So, uh, but still, I would put them in 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 the in my top four. Uh, Uh, is there any change? I, I don't think I don't think there should be any change in your top four as well because uh, India, England, Australia are pretty much our favourites now. Our, our certainties there. So the only argument is as to who finishes in the top two. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I think I think we should reserve that we should reserve that uh, discussion for. a later episode because we are definitely going to come back with more uh, fourth umpire segments and episodes south africa But, do they have a final uh, sting left in no I, i mean i frankly think their campaign has fallen apart because of the injuries and this minor uh, this this minor thing about uh, you know ab de villiers uh, news leaking out that you know he actually wanted to play the world cup I don't think he should. I I I think their management took the correct decision, but it's it seems like you know they don't have this one big guy uh, batsman who'd you know kind of you know instill fear in the opposition. Um, Faf Duplessis, uh, uh, Quinton De Kock, great players, but they are not instilling this fear again in 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 the opposition. And, and Amla and, is no more a force. Yeah, I mean got. the way he has been getting hit on the helmet, it doesn't look like he he is what he was uh, five six years ago, at least in one day cricket. So, and you know with Dale Stain injured, uh, I mean out of the tournament essentially, uh, it's really a uh, sad state of affairs. But I mean, who knows? They can turn around. Uh, 
uh, i don't think they will but it's it's uh, it's possible like uh, l shivar or makrishnan one of my favorite indian commentators commentators say anything is possible in cricket right what a profound uh, knowledge and wisdom he has been imparting Cri- Anything- cricket is a game of glorious uncertainties that is Or, and and uh, what kapil dev said once uh, impossible zarur hai, uh, difficult nahi hai but mushkil zarur hai <laughs> but so coming so as we draw towards the end of this uh, fourth umpire uh, episode uh, who has been your favorite commentator so far in this world cup Oh, in a good way or in a satirical way? So I mean, both. I mean, we definitely uh, want to cover uh, both. Both yes. spectrum. In terms of genuine good commentary, I think I will stick to the usual suspects. Michael Holding has been good. He has been very honest, and which is the least you expect from a commentator. But however, uh, these days honesty is not something you commonly find with commentary. And then Nasir Hussain is quite good, so he at least brings in energy. Apart from them, I can't think of any commentator who has been good. Uh, I mean, uh, apart from his, apart from his mistakes with the name Saurav Ganguly. Ganguly, yeah. Ganguly brings a sense of calm and some insights uh, to the commentary box, which other commentators from India and Pakistan and all these places do not seem to have. Sadly, Wasi Makram. slightly more balanced than the- i mean i mean he he comes across as a fine gentleman but then he uh, i mean his insights are very superficial i mean except when it comes to swing bowling and wrist position <laughs> apart from wrist position and swing his insights are all very very superficial but so, his limitations with the language also i think uh, partly to do with that Yeah, but then he has been a commentator for uh, so long now. I mean, he has been he has been on air since I don't know, like two thousand three, four, three, four, exactly. I think I still remember uh, Shaz and Waz show India Australia series of two thousand three, four. Yeah, I think that is when he debuted. Yeah, Shastri ka Shastri ka ka and Wasim yeah, Bhai. Yeah, Wasim Bhai and Shastri ka ka together. One of them is the coach. So yeah, uh, and on the other side, uh, has uh, Sanjay Manjrekar uh, been worthy of our criticism on Twitter? Yeah, he he proves us right every single day. Every single commentary stint he comes on, he proves everybody right. Did you did you get a chance to catch up on any of the Hindi inter Hindi commentaries? No, sadly, we do not have access to that on Willow TV. So, if if any Indian listeners are uh, listening to this podcast, they should write to us with their favorite Hindi commentary lines from this World Cup so far. Absolutely, tell us who your favorite Hindi commentator for this World Cup is, and you can email us at the fourth seat podcast at gmail dot com. We are also on Twitter at seat fourth. That is our handle. let us know uh, how we are doing let us know what you want to hear from us uh, and hope and i hope that you have enjoyed this episode as well uh, it was great talking to you once again adi uh, let's yeah. catch up with uh, rahul and we'll come up with an, another fantastic episode of the fourth seat podcast couple of weeks from now until then goodbye goodbye germany looking good for the final on sunday they might get another one here 